How do you know you're up to date? When you follow EMS World, you answer that question with confidence. Because when we say EMS World, we mean the whole world of EMS. The remaining question for you is how will you stay up to date? In print, online, at EMS World Expo, the world's largest EMS dedicated conference, and now in a podcast. Welcome to another episode of EMS World Podcasts. I'm your host, Mike McCabe. Due to the challenges that we're facing as an industry with respect to ambulance availability, all options have been thrown onto the table as we look to somehow keep our fleets afloat and in service. One option that is not new but has received a lot more attention recently is the remount option. Remounting on a new chassis rather than buying a completely new ambulance has been happening forever, but always seemed to lack clear guidance and standards. My guest today is here to bring some clarity to this very interesting alternative option. Mark Van Arnhem of the Rev Ambulance Group serves as the president of ambulances, overseeing top brands Horton, AEV, Leader, Wheel Coach, and Road Rescue. Mark also served as the administrator for the Commission on Accreditation of Ambulance Services, or CAS. In 2016, he received the Ambulance Manufacturers Division Lifetime Achievement Award and the American Medical Response Pioneer and EMS Award. There really is no better qualified individual to help us dissect this topic. Mark, thank you so much for joining me today. Well, thanks for having me. Mark, the remount option has always come off as a bit of a mystery. I think people viewed this option for different reasons, whether it be cost effectiveness, maximizing the use of the box that may not have you know, gotten a lot of work and it was in very good shape. I think there are many different thoughts on this. Maybe you can start by educating us a bit about how the remount option came to fruition. Well, the concept is not new. It's it's actually been around since modular ambulances in the 70s. Uh, but it is certainly increased in practice uh, in, in the last 10 or 15 or 20 years. Uh, it was something that was always out there, but nobody really did it because you could get new vehicles readily and, and oftentimes they were cost competitive. But as, as the market changes, uh, the remount uh, uh, opportunity has certainly become much more viable. Today, it's significant. Uh, it's estimated that 20 to 25 percent of new ambulances in any given year are now remounts versus new manufactured vehicles. So uh, the, the, the product has gone widespread and it's really mainstream. Why do you think that is, Mark? Why has it increased in, in you know, interest so much over the past few years? Well, certainly a cost factor is a big one. Availability of, uh, of chassis has been, been good historically up until the last couple of years. But the cost of, of, as vehicles go up and the ability to utilize what you already have uh, and, and the market is, is readily out there for remounters. Uh, everything from class A remounters, I might say, down to those less than that. So it's a wide variety of options for the uh, for the users, some good and some not so good. So this this takes us into the conversation about standards and, and how vehicles are remounted versus new vehicles. For new vehicles, for example, the standards are extremely high. The bar is high for credentials for builders and certification and things of that nature. But for remounters, it's always been a, 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 I call it the gray market of ambulances because, as I say, there's good ones and maybe not so good ones. So uh, you could you could choose your price point and uh, and get an option that may be good for you and maybe some that were not so good for you. 
Well, let's t- let's dive into that a little bit more. You know, you speak about standards and, and the process, you know, that exists now. You know, I, I you, we were talking offline and you said back 2016, 2017, there were no standards as it related to, you know, remounting options. And that's kind of where you came into, you know, the CAS uh, side of things and, and the GVS or the ground vehicle standard and the process that went into that. Maybe really get into the nuts and bolts of that so you can explain all of the efforts that went into it and, and you know, why they went into it. Well, it was believed that there were no standards and, and remounters could essentially do whatever they wanted to do. There were actually two FMVSS uh, Federal Motor Vehicle Safety Standards that did apply to the patient compartment. Um, namely uh, door latches and, and uh, hardware and seats and seated position in the patient compartment, uh, but nobody really was aware of that. Um, so w- when we looked at it as CAS, uh, we decided, hey, we, we need to develop a standard for, for remounts here, and that turned out to be uh, quite a task. So we, we, we actually gathered a group, an uh, open invitation to the entire industry to sit down and have a seminar. So we brought all the players in a, in a room and said, you know, we want to look at this remount thing, including the feds, including Ford Motor Company, Chevrolet, uh, remounters, providers, things of that nature, uh, new vehicle builders and say, we want to develop some standards here uh, above and beyond the federal standards. Number one, we want to, to let you know there are federal standards for those two I just mentioned, and there are federal requirements for remounters uh, to be a, a registered motor vehicle manufacturer and, and other kinds of things that that the market was not even aware of. In addition to that, we wanted to develop some standards for how ambulances should be remounted. And uh, that started a process that actually uh, had a huge response and huge following and uh, developed a lot of momentum and actually a lot of moving parts and developing a standard for a remount versus a new vehicle. It was actually a harder process than, than the new vehicle standard, but a lot of support from the industry and from regulators and and uh, we, we actually accomplished that. And now we have a comprehensive set of standards uh, that were published uh, that uh, is used by, I won't say all of the remount industry, but the majority of the remount industry is using these standards to remount their vehicles. And uh, there's a, a compliance uh, a project uh, that goes along with that, a, a sticker pra- practice of putting stickers on vehicles and things of that nature. So there are comprehensive standards out there, both for remounters and remounted vehicles. You know, it's interesting to me that there was, like you said, there were a few or a couple federal standards there, but it's baffling to me to think that there was not really a comprehensive standard strategy for this because you're literally taking a piece of an ambulance and putting it onto a new chassis and then having to do all of the gut work. How is there not a standard that existed with that? Well, I'll have to be honest with you. Uh, the vehicle, new vehicle standard is not a, a perfect science either. Uh, Triple K has been in place since uh, uh, the mid-70s. And, uh, you know, when this whole, whole uh, thing really started, and, and some of us unfortunately go back that far, I, I'm afraid <laughs> I'm showing my age on it. But uh, we actually, to this day, uh, some 50 years later, don't have uh, all the states uh supporting a new vehicle standard. Some states have no standards whatsoever. So at my last count, there were uh, there were about 32 states that had state standards for, for building ambulances, uh, new ambulances, and, and others that had nothing. So um, this is not new, and I think it's an unfortunate circumstance, but uh, so you have probably only uh, 60-some percent of the states having a requirement for new vehicles, and certainly requirement for remounters was 
was far less than that. So we've not done a very good job as an industry of, uh, of making that making that jump to have requirements for for these kinds of things. It's so funny. <clears throat> Excuse me. It, it basically is hand in hand with the industry in general. It's almost a forgotten industry, right? We're not even classified as an essential service in so many different states. And now we don't even have good guidelines, you know, or standards for ambulances that we're putting people in. You know, it's it it truly is crazy to think about these things. But you know, let's get into a, a little bit about the standards that you know the, the process that went into this. You know, what specifically were you looking at? What really needed to get looked at as far as these standards? But also, you know, you say that it it hasn't been adopted universally. You know, throughout the country. Well, doesn't that bring about the whole buyer beware type thing? Yeah, you know, when we looked at the amount of states that endorsed a new vehicle standard, we did not uh, have great confidence that the states would embrace a remount standard. So uh, we, we went ahead and published it. It is effective in, in certainly uh, a number of states. And and uh, a, a main question, which I'll throw out right now, if anybody wants to know what states require what standard, there is a, a nice website uh, a, a web page on the NASEMSO website under www.safeambulances.org. There is a, a map, a state-by-state map of requirements. So just as a, a point of reference uh, for the listeners. Uh, but uh, developing a standard, a standard can, can be used by certainly more than, than just the states or regulators or licensors of vehicles. Uh, but actually the, the providers who, who buy the vehicles, the customers can say, hey, I know there's a standard. I'm dealing with this remount manufacturer and I don't know him or I do know him. But this standard can be used as a purchasing guideline for these people saying, hey, this needs to meet a standard. I know my state doesn't require it, but I do require it. So the buyer can look and become educated on things that uh, the requirements that are, should be in the vehicle or the kind of criteria, uh, compliance criteria for the actual remounter himself. So we have two different categories there. So we've established a certain criteria that the, that the remounter should, should uh, meet himself as a remounter and then criteria that uh, the vehicle, in fact, testing criteria and things of that nature it should that the vehicle should meet. Mark, how long did it take to get everybody together and, and put this feedback together um, you know to come out with this standard? How, you know I have to assume that this was quite you know an onerous process. Yeah, we, we came out in uh, 2017 uh, with, with this and it took about three years to put it together. So we collected all the subject matter experts that we could. We did an open call for for builders, remounters, providers, uh, equipment vendors, uh, chassis manufacturers, regulators, our federal partners are always involved with us and uh, did that over a period, broke it up into uh, to committees that met throughout the country over a period of a couple years. And uh, and uh, we, we, we really uh, put the whole thing together and then put it out for public comment uh, for the CAS uh, process requires a uh, a public comment period and consistence with the ANSI standards of uh, standards creator and CAS is an ANSI standards creator. Uh, so uh, we have probably tens of thousands of man hours in this developing this standard. And I'm pretty happy with the, the project as it turned out. Well, I, I can imagine. I mean, everybody has other, you know, duties and, and you know, putting that type of 
manpower and hours into something is something to be, you know, very proud of. I'm curious, are you, are you starting to see now more and more agencies going towards this remount option now that there is a standard and that they're possibly following these standards more and, you know, trying to get more out of their fleet by doing this? Yeah, there certainly are. I will tell you that as far as new vehicle sales, we have a very good count industry-wide on new vehicle sales. They're recorded by our AMD, Ambulance Manufacturers Division Association. Uh, and uh, we really don't uh, have rec- good record-keeping on the remount uh, piece. As a matter of fact, uh, we can't even tell you how many remounters there are in the business. I can tell you that Cash GBS has 48 uh, remount uh, manufacturers, uh, uh, and, and they are actually manufacturers under federal law, uh, remounters registered with CAS. And I would wager there's another uh, third again of that, 20 or 30 uh, uh, remounters that are under the, the radar and for some reason have opted not to participate in the, the process. So really don't even know how many uh, remounts there are or remounters there are in the industry. Uh, but I think of those uh, individuals who have registered, I, I think there's, I feel good that there's very good compliance amongst them. And, uh, and that is uh, trickling down to their customers and at the end of the day, making for a much safer product. What are some of the red flags that you look at in the remounting process and some of the things that the consumer should be very concerned about as they look at this, as they look at these options, you know, again, I, I'll admittedly be, I'm, I'm a novice when it comes to remounting, I, I, you know, for my own company, I, I don't really do it. Um, but you know, I, I think it is a, a, a very viable option now. And, and I think as you go to these builders and to these manufacturers, you know, certainly have the guidance, but you know, what should you be asking? Should you be asking things like, you know, do you do this regularly? Do you do this normally? Like, what are some of those things that we should pay attention to? Well, there's certainly criteria for a remounter. Uh, we, we do require, uh, I say we under the cash GBS standard that we'll say is now the industry standard. Uh, it, it, the manufacturer should have a manufacturer's license. He should be registered with National Highway Traffic Administ- Safety Administration as required by federal law. He should be compliant with federal motor vehicle safety standards as required by federal law. He should have product liability insurance. He should have a garage keeper's insurance. Reason for that is you're, you know, you're, you're taking a vehicle that's worth who knows how much it's worth when you send it to them. And, and some of these guys don't even have insurance. So the vehicle's stolen, the vehicle burns down, the building burns down. He should have these kind of things. He should have some warranty. He should have some financial uh, uh credibility behind them, some resources and things of that nature. That's number one. Uh, Number two, we require them to have some processes. There should be process for evaluation of the modular uh, body that he's going to remount from an engineering standpoint. Make an engineering analysis that this body is worthy for remount or this body is bad and shouldn't be put on a new chassis. Uh, So there is some processes that that, that, that should be put into place for, for them. And they're all listed in the, uh, in the, in the GBS uh, remount standard under section F. Uh, he should have some processes to what jobs he, he does on the vehicle and what, what, what he does and what he doesn't do. Um, you can't just say, oh, I'm, I'm not subject to any regulation. So I'll just put the seat in right here and screw it to the floor with some lag bolts. But there are criteria that he has to comply with in order to, you know, to meet, meet the standard. And there are a lot of criteria for testing. So 
Obviously, in the new vehicle industry, there's a tremendous amount of testing requirement. Some of it is type testing. That's destructive testing that's done to a, a prototype vehicles and good for, for five years. But some of the testing is done on an individual vehicle basis. And we have picked out those selective tests that should be done to every vehicle and said, hey, as a remounter, you should do this test. You should do this, 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 and this. And again, those tests are listed there, AMD standardized test methods that can be done on a remounted basis by anyone who's in the business. So uh, there's a whole series of those kinds of things that a remounter should be doing. And that should the purchasers of remounts should go back and say, hey, are you this? Do you do that? Do you have these kind of processes? Can you do this for me? And, 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 and at the end of the day, give me a safe vehicle. So there's a whole list of things that would, they should look out for. In keeping with that, you know, I, I know obviously, you, you know, folks may be from a state where they don't they don't use the guidelines um, or the standards, and so it is really incumbent upon the buyer to say, "Hey, listen, do you follow this? Do you do this? Do you do this?" But can you hold them to a standard? Should there be some sort of, um, I, I should say, audit or visit during the process? And what should they be looking for? Is there a diagram as 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 far as markings and tags that they should you know be following? based on the standards that are out there. You know, there's people that are well more, you know, inclined from an engineer standpoint that could, you know, utilize this, you know, these diagrams and things like that to say, hey, listen, they are actually following this. Rather than just telling me they are, I can see that they're doing it that way. Well, um, you know, I would say, number one, they need to use this standard as part of their bid specifications or, or, or their purchase requirements or the purchase order. Say, hey, as a vendor, I'm expecting this, 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 and this. So then you have a, it's part of the contract between you and the remounter to say, I require this, we need this, uh, that kind of thing. Uh, and a big part of the criteria is the viability of the body uh, that they're remounting. In some cases, we have bodies that uh, we have no idea how old they are. I mean, we try to establish a, 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 an age, for example, of how, how old the body should be remounted. There's no way to establish the age unless there's some old stickers on the vehicle. Uh, so how how viable was it? It may have been a it may have been a, a poor vehicle to remount uh, because of damage, uh, because of corrosion, because of uh, lack of maintenance or abuse uh, during the years, or maybe it just was a not maybe it was a lousy vehicle when it was built and shouldn't be remount. We actually you know do see some of that. So uh, it is incumbent on the remounter to go back and say. Now, this vehicle should be remounted or it can be remounted, but you need to do this or I'm not touching this one. Uh, I mean, some of that some of that discretion needs to be used in, in, in part of the evaluation process on day one before they even touch it is, yes, I've seen this vehicle. I know what it is and I can do this, this, this and this uh, and convincing the purchaser that, uh, that this is a viable process. And at the end of the day, uh, he's got something that's that's really worthwhile, and not just investing money, putting a a a, a bad a bad uh, ambulance on a on a new chassis platform, and saying, "Hey, we're good because it drives well and it's a zero mile vehicle, and and we should be fine." So there's a lot of criteria there, you know, from the strength of the body and the, and the condition of the doors uh, to the uh, securement of. Uh, um, equipment and things of that nature in the vehicle, uh, the, the cot mount criteria, and, and the seat belts, seats and seat belts. So uh, a whole wide variety of things, and they are all covered in the standard. So you don't have to be an expert. All you need to do is is read the standard, and it's not it's not long. It's only like seven pages, but say, hey, what about this? And, and, and if you don't get good answers to those, what about this uh, 
kinds of questions, uh, that's a clue that maybe you, you may be dealing with the wrong folks. Correct. That's a red flag. Well, I have to know from my own, uh, from my own interest here, you've been doing this for a long time. What is the most amount of times you've seen an ambulance remounted one box? Uh, I, I think chassis number six is the, is the oh, highest. No. Wow. That's a lot. <laughs> That's an old box on a chassis, huh? Well, you know, one of the things we did on the new vehicle standard was to put in a requirement that it had a metal plate inside the body to give the age of the body. So you can say, oh, this was built by so-and-so uh, back 10 years ago. This should be fine. Uh, there are some bodies around that, you know, ma many cases they're now police vehicles or prisoner transports or, or, or whatever that, you know, 30, 40 years, years old. You sure don't want to remount one of those and try to, you know, to carry, carry uh, passengers and patients in it. So interesting. So very interesting. Mark, I really want to thank you for your insight and your time on this really interesting and, and really unknown topic to many. Uh, I also want to thank Rev Group and, and certainly I want to thank AEV sponsoring uh, this podcast. A AEV is one of the country's top selling ambulance brands with decades of experience serving commercial providers and fire departments of all sizes. AEV, the American crafted experience. Mark, thank you again for coming on. Well, thanks for having us, and we appreciate your interest. This is a, a very important topic, and uh, if we can help, it uh, was, was well worth, uh, worth our efforts. Thank you. For sure. Appreciate it. And I also want to remind you, EMS World Expo coming up September 18th to the 22nd in New Orleans, back in New Orleans this year. So make sure that you're registering early and we can't wait to see you there with some live podcasts and some great content. want to thank you for listening and we're going to catch you next time on another episode of EMS World Podcasts. Thanks. This has been an episode of EMS World Podcast. You can find this audio and more like it on the podcast page of emsworld.com. You can also follow EMS World on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram.